Hello and welcome to Comedy in a Nutshell, a podcast in which I, your host, Mark Decano, talk to those in and around the world of comedy in a desperate search for precious insights. For these are the most priceless gifts in unprecedented times. And after all, who wants dented presents? I love talking to people in comedy about comedy. If you like to hear what they have to say as much as I do, then please like, subscribe, rate, review and share the podcast. Thank you. My guest in this episode is a Colombian comedian who's made a life for themselves in Scotland on the stand-up comedy circuit. An up-and-coming talent exploring stand-up both as themselves and as a character named Erica, it's stand-up comedian Sarah Paloma. Good morning, how are you? Awesome. So, if you're happy, we'll crack on. Okay, look. You were um, born in Colombia and you're now based in Edinburgh, yes? That is correct. So, when did you make the move to the UK? I moved here um, shortly after I turned 18, mm-hmm. almost, not literally a week after I turned 18. Mm-hmm. I was just waiting to be old enough to not need my parents' permission to get out of the country, if I'm honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's when I, I moved to London. Mm-hmm. Uh, the excuse was to study English only for nine months. Mm-hmm. It's been 14 years. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I think I learned it. Uh, at least well enough so yeah <laughs> was comedy a thing in Colombia in your teen years well it was I mean comedy has always been a, an important part of life I mean I, I grew up in a time that um, was very very difficult for my country mm-hmm. so we needed to take things you know the comedy helps to go through a, a hard time so it has yeah. always been but it was never it wasn't a, like a stand-up it was more uh, just people going on a stage doing silly things or saying silly things right. uh, more like a, a cultural thing and um yeah I, I, it was it wasn't a stand-up I I, mm. I actually did not start as a comic mm-hmm. um when I was a kid I wanted to be a singer like say five years old six years old yeah. I would just take um whatever as a microphone like a brush or something <laughs> and just go around pretending that I was a famous singer a pop star even yeah. but the truth is I am a terrible singer I don't <laughs> have a great voice <laughs> I have a zero musical talent um, so yeah <laughs> that wasn't going anywhere um, but then I found acting right um, but that was when I was 16 17 mm-hmm. around that age um, and I fell in love with it. Yeah. So I, I, when I moved here, um, when I moved to London, I went to Sylvia Young Theatre School mm-hmm. to carry on doing like acting courses and stuff. Um, I did a few auditions. It didn't go quite well. I mean, if I have, if I, if I have to be very, very honest, mm-hmm. um, there was an audition that the director just looked at me and said, mm, "With your looks." And your accent, you won't get anywhere. I will recommend you change your career. Wow. Um, so I did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was is is as an actor is a lot yeah. more complicated. I did drama, theater, and performance studies mm-hmm. at Rockhampton University, and while I was there, I found a performance art. I loved it. Uh, I was into Good Island, um, People Show, all of these yeah. um, productions that are more towards, towards that kind of theatre. Right. And 
but then I realized it was even worse than acting because there is <laughs> no money in performance art. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I I found myself in the same situation again. Um, it was it, back in 2014. Um, I found this ducky. Uh, it was called a summer ducky summer school mm-hmm. or something along those lines yeah. to work along with a royal Vauxhall tavern right and it was it was just a queer thing and, and, and like a, yeah there was like an art residency type of thing mm-hmm. um they I wasn't sure what, what I was going to perform with them so they just said well you can write something and see but it comes from it. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a piece and I read it out loud in front of everybody else in there. And they all started laughing. And I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> that was not meant to be funny. <laughs> um, so I realized that my sarcastic way of being, it was funny. And I found so kind of a, a joyful thing inside of me when I make somebody smile. Yeah. Um, it was very different from what I was used to because before that it was always very serious thing. Right. And then when I did it on a stage, I, I, there, is a, there is a video of it online, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my very first time doing something intentionally funny. <laughs> um, I had the most amazing time. It was, I don't know, seeing all these people just smiling back at me. Yeah, It was like, hang on, this is, this is really fulfilling. This is something I've never felt before. And I I want to do it, even if it gets really hard. And and, and it got really hard, really, really hard <laughs> afterwards. But <laughs> it is, ah, yeah, it was, I just fell in love with it straight away, pretty much. Yeah. And ever since I've been trying to do, at the beginning, it wasn't really a stand-up. It was more, because, you know, because of my theater background, right. I was more, uh, well, comedy is a huge thing, you know, you have. Yes, yeah. Um. You have films like black and white films. You have that. That's that, that's kind of physical comedy. Yeah. You have the normal com rom coms or sitcoms. You have um. But this is TV style. Yeah. Then you have the the regular stand up. You have clowning, mm-hmm. and 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 it's just a a magical universe that if you get to know a little bit of it, mm. is is fascinating the yeah. way you can you can <laughs> play with it. So what made you choose stand up over all of those possible options? Uh, because nothing else was working out. <laughs> <laughs> First, I was trying to kind of, um, I, I was inspired by Monty Python and mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to create something along those lines, like a sketches, like the life of Brian or Holy Grail. That is like, mm-hmm. I just wanted to do something similar to it, but I guess I'm, I wasn't that experience enough because it didn't come out as well I call it childhood dreams and it was this <laughs> really a strange uh, persona that it was just telling stories while getting drunk but it was mm. it was about of how society and everything just completely ruined your dreams but in a in a in a really silly stupid way uh, <laughs> to me it worked I had I had a really good time, maybe because I was very drunk, but it was <laughs> <laughs> it was really fun. Um, after that, I took a break for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and then I moved to Edinburgh. Yeah, where um, I a hundred percent went into comedy. I said, I uh, sorry, stand up. Yeah, I I sort um, I watch uh, 
no, actually no nothing none of I'm not gonna throw names in there because I cannot remember everybody <laughs> but um, <laughs> but then I saw this and 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 I thought to myself I can do a stand-up I can I can just do it my main worry is it has always been uh my accent right. and and how difficult it could be to understand me and all that so yeah although I try to speak as clear as possible but yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so it, it, that's why I was always doing physical thing right but no it, what drove me to stand up was coming to Edinburgh mm-hmm. and and find myself being able to do it yeah and yeah there are times that people would not understand me but sometimes I have hacklers that I don't understand either so <laughs> it's a give and take situation it's fine it's okay yeah it's, everything is part of the comedy yeah coming from South America to the UK how did you find not necessarily just comedy but differences culturally linguistically how did you find adapting to an adopted country I mean I'm not only from a third world country I'm from the countryside okay is 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 a lot the, the 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 change was from zero to three thousand wow. is wow. is massive yes. is is very very different mm. uh so it's a it's a massive cultural shock yeah but then again it's because i wanted to do that kind of yeah masking throughout the whole way you know fake it until you make it type of thing <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, there are a million things that I didn't get right. at the beginning, and and along the way, I kind of realized, like for instance, the, this probably won't make sense to you, but <laughs> like the cards, to me, that to me is a very British thing. The cards for for Christmas, for birthdays, for anything. Yeah. If you go to the hospital, if you the first time that you go to, I don't know, there is a card <laughs> for literally everything, <laughs> and that's not really. <laughs> that's not really part of my culture so in my head it's like why do I have so many cards um <laughs> and, and I tried to kind of but then the first time that I got a, a birthday card and it wasn't like one it was several from different people I realized that it actually feels good uh-huh. and I'm like oh this is a nice British way of saying happy birthday I love it um but yeah it's it's, it's there are things that at the beginning they're just really weird to me but then I understand why they are part of a culture if that makes sense mm. so how have audiences responded then um would you say arguably about the idea if you'll forgive me uh you know a foreigner or even uh, a female um how did you how do you find audience respond to that um do you feel like they've taken you to their heart yes i'm gonna reply with that with a yes <laughs> however i am not a female i am a non-binary well, i apologize okay uh, no, no no don't worry you you didn't know it's fine yeah to be honest with you, I do say it. Uh, I have several sets where I where, where I talk about being non-binary. Uh, if I don't say it directly, I do make a reference at some point. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, in general, maybe it's because, no, I don't want to make assumptions, but I do I do live in a, in a student city. And sure. and most of our, my gigs are, are full of young people yeah. that are woke or whatever. <laughs> so uh, it's... <laughs> Is 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 a safe place. Is yeah. is is playing safe. Is yeah. is different when when I'm when I'm not playing safe. When I'm going to a real uh, comedy club or something like that, right? It, it right. can get 
like it happened to me if, uh, when I did a, a gig in Glee mm-hmm. uh, in Glasgow. It was awesome, but at the same because it was a, it's a real you know it's a real club and and yeah. rarely I get to do those right and and when I was doing it there was I don't know if it was oh, that's the other thing I'm autistic and I keep like there are things that just there are few obstacles there yeah like. Uh, that if the light is too bright i i tend to get nervous or forget my lines uh-huh. and that's what happened in there right. but the audience was they just went with it they just didn't they just didn't let me down yeah and well maybe because i have i well i don't know i did <laughs> I, I did a great joke at the beginning um yeah i'm gonna say it it landed really well it landed really really well and i guess that's what helped yeah um but then, yeah, even though I had this struggle, like I stumbled with my words a little bit mm-hmm. because, yeah, I messed up with my lines. And I don't know any any other comedian, but in my head, in, in, in my case, mm. what's going on in my head when I make a mistake is, oh, no, I said the grunt then. Oh, no, what do I do now? And, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a horrible battle inside of me. And it's like, come on, just 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 carry on with your script, carry on with your script. And people just <laughs> go with it. I don't know. Sometimes it well, that that day specifically was yeah. awesome because people just decide to go with it. And, and, and that's great. Yeah. How far in that sort of situation, how much do you use improv as part of the act? Do you stick to the script as you have alluded to or do you? Are you able to roll with the punches and, and make stuff up on the spot? Unfortunately, I cannot do that. <laughs> As in, I wish I was able to do that, but I have a lot of anxiety inside of me. Um, if I if any new situation could be, yeah, it, it can be, it can, it can get bad. However, mm. the more I do it, the more aware I get of what kind of responses I will get. Yeah. So I have a contingency plans for any kind of these situations if it happens again. Yeah. So say, for instance, if at some point I ask the audience a certain thing and they don't reply the way I want it, I already have a, a, a plan B to say if that was the case. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I need to do a lot in order to anticipate those responses and then I can do something about it. Yeah. So how do you decide what you want to talk about then on stage? Um. Depend on my mindset at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always think of what makes me angry, uh-huh. and, and take it from there. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or alternatively, I also I also talk about the most the, the silliest stuff that pops in my head. <laughs> you know, those. <laughs> what if my dog was a real child, for instance? It just is it's those kind of things. Uh, those are weird questions that I can ask myself and it's like oh wow I can actually make a set out of this um yeah that's how I get inspired I try to do observational comedy as well as uh like more about myself mm-hmm. uh, very personal stuff uh and also absurd surreal um that's that's my style yeah do you sit down with a view to writing out something or do you just as those moments pop into your head you just make a quick note and try and bring them all together later my brain works in a particular way it's like I, I i get ideas out of nowhere yeah and 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 when that happens i have to stop everything and start writing <laughs> if not i will forget so yes I, that is something that happens and yeah i go with it <laughs> when you started when you did that first show that first gig 
what was it like before you took the first step onto the stage? You know, you're finally here, the moment's arrived, you're about to do your first performance. What was it like? What was going through your mind? Um, I guess it was, oh, fuck, it's <laughs> happening. <laughs> Is is it every time I go on a stage is is the same feeling is 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 kind of a cold sensation in my stomach and hands yeah and and is this feeling of don't forget your lines don't forget your lines <laughs> and and just look at I just look at myself in the mirror the way I calm myself down is more just look at myself in the mirror and be like mm. all of these people made it out tonight because of me yeah they are here because they want to see me. That's a kind of feeling you'd never get. So fucking enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just convinced myself like that. But no, it's, it's normally a lot of nerves, a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Um, I picture every single scenario where things go wrong, yeah. you know, is 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 that kind of thing. But once I'm out there and I see all of them, I see all of these people, it's like, okay, I'm here. Let's do this. <laughs> So having made that leap into the, doing stand-up comedy, um, it wasn't long before we went into national lockdown. How did that affect your career, your performance, your material? <clears throat> greatly. <laughs> it affected me greatly. Yeah. Well, um, in 2018, I was only writing and meeting people. Yes. So I didn't I didn't perform. Yeah. In uh it wasn't until late 2019 that I had my first show. Yeah. Um well Actually, I had three shows uh, in, in late 2019. Mm -hmm. And I also met Lynn Parker, who is the founder of Funny Women. Mm -hmm. That was all in 2019. My 2020 looked amazing yeah. at that point because I was meeting <laughs> the right people. I was doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, in 2020, everything just went downhill. Yeah, uh, I lost all the contact that I had made that I have made in, in 2019, except for Lynn Parker, because mm -hmm. we were, I was a regional producer for Funny Women right. uh, during that time. And honestly, it was, they helped me a lot in terms, it was my first producing gig, but the, well, yeah, um, they, they taught me how to be a producer pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, so what I did was with them, I, I created a, I had their full support, mm -hmm. but it, I created a, an event called Alternative Interviews. Yes, that it was about um, uh, it was like it was a one once a month episode where I will ask a question, invite people to answer the question in a funny way, like yeah. whatever way they wanted to answer it, as mm -hmm. long as it was funny. <laughs> um, that was the aim of it, and just to keep artists uh, busy. Right. Well, in a box, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that was the first question, actually. How do you keep yourself busy in a box? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and yes, it's, and, and you can come up with so many great answers. It was really funny. So it was, it was a matter of kind of keeping the uh, community engaged. And it yeah. was also my first time hosting. So I got experience hosting and experience producing. Mm -hmm. So in the end, it wasn't so bad, my 2020. That's how I got busy. Yeah. But did you do Zoom gigs? No. no. Well, apart from, from, from alternative interviews, that was the only event I was properly running. Yeah. Um I know, hang on. I was I was part of compilation shows, like a variety type of shows that right. were already online and they just invited me along. Yeah. So five minutes, ten minutes, then yes. Yeah, yeah. I did those. Yeah. I gotta be honest, at the time as the time went by, my mental health started to deteriorate a little bit. And I got to really bad places. 
However, um, luckily for me, I have a friend whose name is um, Angela Leck, mm -hmm. who is the one that helped me out, you know, just calling me to keep in company. And, you know, to keep distracting, we start making funny videos. We call ourselves the Daft Duo. And well, although the videos weren't very popular, we just had so much fun making them. Mm. At the beginning, it was meant to be something smart. Like we, in my head, I wanted to create something down the lines of um, a buster kitten. But then mm -hmm. again, I'm not. <laughs> it didn't turn out quite quite quite, quite well. <laughs> um, I mean, it was funny. It was funny to us and to watch. I think. <laughs> but yeah, so we 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 started. It didn't come out quite well. I said. My, as I said, my my uh, inspiration was Buster Kitten, but it did not. Our physical comedy wasn't that great. I think. I mean, it was funny to me, but that's because I was just laughing at me. But it wasn't as 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 academic as I thought it would happen. But yeah, it, it it's comedy, and 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 it's all about having fun, anyways. Still, uh, that really helped me with working with Angela. Like that it helped me so much to kind of uh, get creative again. That's how the Daft Duo was born. Mm -hmm. We we created together the Daft Duo, and, and, and it was it started out with these funny videos. Yeah. That then we kind of created. At the beginning, it was meant to be silent, and somehow yeah. along the way, we ended up talking. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Angela joined Funny Women. And she became a regional producer with me. Yes. And we started doing the alternative interviews, our event together. As a, um, Yeah, that, that was more a collaboration then. Mm -hmm. uh, we did a few times and then we, as everything was starting to open, we decided to take it live. Yeah. And then is when we, when we did an, an open mic. When we wanted to do things live, we were looking for people that respect our ethos and, and, and were following the same um path mm -hmm. we met blonde knife which is a non-for-profit business yeah um and they are they encourage women and non-binary and all unrepresented genders and so on yeah uh, in arts they want them to to, to you know empower artists mm -hmm. and and all that stuff so we 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 met with them uh they accepted a call-up which means we had a space, we had a venue mm -hmm. and their support. So we did two nights with them. Uh, that was great. They're very supportive. Mm -hmm. And then we did a fundraiser along with another friend of ours that was also doing a French show. Uh, mm -hmm. We also put another, I think it was through online, uh, OnlyFans, not yeah. entirely sure, uh, trying to fundraise money mm -hmm. for the show. And then in August we did one bite only for the whole month. It yes. was at the Three Sisters, the Weir Room. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a mixture of clowning, stand-up, and musical comedy. Obviously, the musical comedy was Angela, because <laughs> that's already established I cannot do music. <laughs> that's a whole other set, and a completely different thing. <laughs> but yeah, um, I have to admit, it was surprisingly, it went really, really well. Yeah, we got two really good reviews. Mm -hmm. One four stars, and the other one was five stars. And we also got retweeted by a by a comedian, famous one, a celebrity. So that was exciting. Yeah, um, it was. It, it has been the busiest time of my life, as well <laughs> as the most stressful, as well as the most amazing. Yeah. I met so many people, perform every single day. It was great. 
it was great. Yeah, and so that show you mentioned, and I don't think we should should be afraid to name drop. Tim Vine was uh, very complimentary about you. I know he was okay. Thank you so much. I, I wasn't sure if I could just drop names. Or, yeah. We don't know each other, but I love him. <laughs> well, all the more reason because he has no vested interest in saying that he thought it was wonderful. You had a five star review from Feminist Fringe, and Theatre Weekly gave you four stars. And they, I've got a wonderful Paul quote. Um, they called it uh, a Teletubbies inspired fever dream. That's true. <laughs> which, <laughs> which I thought was a wonderful line. Yeah, that was that was our clown inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the Teletubbies, the Teletubbies uh, review. That's that, that was hilarious when we read that because it is true. We kind of got inspiration from it because at the beginning our characters were not meant to speak because it was it was meant to be all clowning and 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 no no words at all. But we needed a little bit of direction, so we came out with the idea of having a, a voiceover that was like, yeah, it, it was outside and, and was guiding us to do things right. But that's that's what it came from because it, it felt like it felt like you were inside the, the Teletubbies. Were, it, 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 it was funny. Well, to us, it was hilarious and really, really fun to watch and to do, especially because the voiceover wasn't as um, innocent as it, it, it was in, in Teletubbies. For us, it was more like the voice will roast us, will, will say really silly things about ourselves. Like, yeah, it would be, it will really, it will be mean to us. And, um, and we will enjoy that <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it was, it was fun to see and to, to do. So after the exhausting first month at Edinburgh, that exhausting month, um, how did you come away from it? How did you how did you feel? How was it being part of a duo having just done this this uh, this hour? How was the whole experience for you? I think I was very very lucky that I had my friend next to me. Working as a duo is mm. it means that you always have a have support. It, it, when you are a stand up yeah. comedian, it can get very lonely. Uh, going around mm. meeting a lot of people every single night um and not knowing really who is your friend and who isn't because this is the industry and it's mm. just it, it can get really lonely and sad however when you are with someone who likes the same thing as you do and and have the same ambition it's like it's, it's it feels awesome it feels it feels like it's worth it you know what I mean yeah. we kind of wanted to carry on but we both, uh, Angela and myself, we both have our own projects, our own uh, creative way of doing things. So we decided that we, whenever we have a chance, we could do stuff together, but no, not like a company. We decided to carry on as a solo. And also because she wanted to move back to England to be closer to her family. So, and I'm back, I'm still in Scotland. So that's why. But yeah, everything is awesome. Um... So yeah, so we the, the the month it was stressful. It was <laughs> I, th there were times that I completely forgot to eat or to sleep or you know, <laughs> things, especially because I was working at the same time. Mm -hmm. I I do have a day job, um, and and yeah, it can get it it can get really bad. But at the same time, it was it was awesome. I yeah. mean, meeting so many people I got to see so many famous comedians well famous in my head at least but <laughs> like people that I admire to be like or like people that I just 
enjoy it. Like I yeah. saw from far away Sarah, Sarah Keyword, for instance, and I was like, oh my God, like you're so excited about seeing people that I just, you know, <laughs> that I like their work or or a shelf comedy. I also saw them passing by. Yep. And is is that kind of thing that, uh, or and, and I talked finally to Adel, Adele Cliff, who yep. I also like, I really like her comedy too. Mm-hmm. And people that you get to meet, like I, I met her actually in person with, and we had a, a, a nice talk. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, you get to see all of these people and they're just, just like you. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and <laughs> that's successful. Or, or like, you know, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, it, it's really entertaining. It's really, it's, it feels like you are part of something bigger than yourself. Yeah. Does meeting those people, the people that you admire, does that reinvigorate you, re-inspire you? Yes, absolutely. Is it? It feels real. It feels like you know, I, I'm capable. Of, I can do this. Yeah. It's it's just yeah. It makes it makes it real. It makes it. I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's because I don't want to sound like I'm such a loser. But it's <laughs> <laughs> but it's because honestly, I I I just I admire those who are able to make it despite whatever reason behind that they were able to make it. Yeah. I just feel it, the industry is really hard. It's really difficult. Mm. And for those that actually get to leave from it is, yeah. is, is awesome. So I, I admire those who do it. I, I, I support those who keep doing it. Yeah. There is a, a particular question when people say like, oh, who do you want to be like? Or do you, and, and in my head, it's like, I don't want to be like anybody. Yeah. Maybe it's because of my narcissistic brain. <laughs> <laughs> But but it, it is that thing that I admire people, pieces of their work, or not because of who they are. It's more, for instance, uh, Jim Carrey. Um, I I love his work. I think he's very mm. talented. But as a person, I don't like him. Yeah. Uh, you know, or <laughs> or obviously um, taking taking away one of his films that is transphobic mm. uh, at the very end, but still. But and and everything else, I just think it's very that there is. There is something in there that makes it that makes a comedy unique. Or, for instance, mm-hmm. another person is Adam Sandler, mm-hmm. who is not like I love a hundred percent his comedy or I find him funny because at times I feel like okay, you like you need to adapt yourself to the new times. Yeah. But um, but he has something about his personality that I heard, for instance, that he brought up people that um he met when he was unknown mm. and once he became famous and all that he pulled up those that were with him yeah. at the bottom when he was there yeah. and I find that kind of things inspiring like yeah, yeah I, my aim is to be the good type uh, but in terms of actual work and actual comedy that would be mm-hmm. Ali Wong or Wanda Sykes, Michelle Wolf. Sarah mm-hmm. Pascoe, you know, like we're talking about women now or, or non-binary mm-hmm. people like child comedy or things like that. Yeah. People that are more like me or, or that believe more in what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Did you go to and watch comedy as well while you were performing at the same time? I tried. I tried yeah. as much as I could. Um, but then again, I I was working at the same time I was performing yeah. and I was doing other shows. I said, apart from my one, I was doing compilation, mm. compilation shows yeah. and, and 
you know, in order to spread the word and try to sell out, sell my, my show too. Yeah. Um, and also other like basking things. So no, it's, it's, it was, it's, there is not enough time during the day yeah. to do absolutely everything that you want. Yeah. Do you go and watch comedy, you know, in regular life when you're not performing at a festival? Do you go and watch comedy as an entertainment? Yes, mm-hmm. I try. I try as much as I can. As a, when I have time, um, I definitely try. Uh, also, because I find it cheaper in here, in in Scotland, to do stuff like that. Like, right. I don't. I, yeah. So, so definitely, I, I try to buy as many tickets as possible. Yeah. To do everything and to see everybody. Yeah. Um, lately, I've been going to as many Ross battles because I want to try out. <laughs> I, I have only one Ross battle in my life. I've just done once. Yeah. Just done it once, and I lost. <laughs> <laughs> so I went a revenge. So I've been I've been going to a lot of rose battles lately. <laughs> How do you feel about? Um, I mean, obviously you love the rose battle. About what about the other kinds of competitions like gong show and acts of the night? How do you feel about those sort of competitions? I I, I love them. Yeah. I really want to try them, but I'm I I'm chicken shit when it comes to it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, oh no, they're not gonna like me. Oh no, if I do it, my my, my self esteem is gonna go down. <laughs> and, you know, is is that is is that nerves of a not knowing if the audience is gonna be? But then again, I don't help myself because I don't I don't do it. <laughs> but um, I'm, <laughs> I, I I I like those kind of shows. It makes me. I mean, if you lose, yeah, fair enough, you lose. But at, at the same time, it's like, but if you win, it, it feels good. It must feel good to have uh, the whole audience. Yeah liking you better i mean terrible for like if any competition is bad if you don't know how to lose or win but i find (laughs) it really entertaining (laughs) have you learned any sort of lessons from starting out in comedy anything that you sort of either you've made like a terrible mistake and you not to do that again or you something just went so well you go i must remember to do that every single time Is, is there important lessons that have come to you well i think the most important one, mm-hmm. the most important lesson is you have no idea what's going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am I'm socially awkward. I struggle with social situations and meeting people, making friends. All of that is actually, well, as an autistic person, it's, it's kind of a normal thing. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's really, it's really difficult. And I, I must admit that at the very beginning, I was a bit too oh, I'm going to make it because I'm awesome. <laughs> and and totally disregard a lot of people that were around me. And some of them turned out to be, turned out to have a, their own show on Netflix or like stuff like that now. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow. I cannot even say that I was friend with this person because obviously that's not true. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I learned, you, you never know who you're talking to. You never know what's going to happen to the person that is next to you. And if I feel like if I had been nicer at the, from the very beginning, if I was, if I had the mindset that I have now, mm. I had to go through a lot of discrimination and a lot of bad things for me to change my mindset set mm. and be more human and be more, hang on a minute, I'm doing things wrong. So I think that's the biggest lesson I had, yeah. like I have learned so far. Yeah. So as an Edinburgh resident, again, it must be like night and day between when the August, when the festival is on. 
and Edinburgh the rest of the year. So having come to the UK and then having come to the festival for the first time, I mean, that must have been a shock in and of itself, not just to take part, but just to see this massive festival Absolutely. going. Yes, 100%. Never in my life I imagined that something so amazing could happen. I said, <laughs> have it. It's, it's, it's just amazing. Like every other second there is a show going on and, and wherever you go that is art and there are so many people that you're probably the people is a bit annoying but um <laughs> <laughs> but you need them so <laughs> because you need audience so yeah I get it but yeah so many people can get a, quite frustrated but um having like in three hours four hours I just walk around you can see four shows and some of them are free, absolutely free. Like, yeah. only if you like, if you like, you, you you give money or something. And, and and they won't even get angry at you if they know that you are struggling in life and you cannot really give a pound <laughs> or two. And they get it and they, they won't get upset, upset, at least the ones I know. But <laughs> it's, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, that kind of, that kind of, um, sensation of being able to see whatever you want to see so much art everywhere everybody seems busy everybody is is i don't know it just feels good it's yeah. a very, very new thing for me yeah the great thing about living in edinburgh is you don't have to pay exorbitant thousands of pounds rent in august of course the rest of the year yes that's true and also you can you can help out other artists like that's what yes. i do in august i let people stay with me uh, for free obviously because i know how bad it can get as in in money and all that yeah. So will we be seeing an Edinburgh show from you this year? Um, not a full show because I'm working on it. I'm, I'm going to go all out. I decided to give it one last shot. Well, the thing is, I, I, I'm inspired myself. I, I get inspired by the stories of all the people that how they made it. Mm -hmm. So right now what I'm doing is saving that money to go all out next year. Right. And when I say all out, I mean being able to pay a PR, a manager, right. a, a real venue type of thing, mm -hmm. and, and see if I can make it that way. Mm -hmm. uh, so right now, I'm just in the process of writing and talking to a lot of people. Uh, so I'll be part of compilation shows and, and sharing yeah, the, the stage with others. Yeah. But it won't be a 45 minutes. Right. It won't be a long one. It's called Relatable. Mm -hmm. And it is, it is about the journey from being diagnosed with borderline personality disorder by mistake mm. to then know that it was actually autistic. But obviously along the way, I talk about a lot of different things and it's not only talking, it's, it's also visual. Mm. I have a lot of ideas for it and it's going to be big and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and will it be straight stand up or are you going to spread your wings with the inspiration of Angela or other of your peers? <laughs> I definitely going to use uh, clowning a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm going to put some physical stuff in it and yeah. um, visual comedy. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to, yeah, I'm going to try not to use so much wording because. I, I can get people bored if I just talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> like now, you see. <laughs> Will we see more collaborations with uh, either Angela or other artists? Are you Do you enjoy the collaboration that you said about having someone by your side? Yeah. Well, if we match in, in terms of sense of humour, yeah, absolutely, yes. 
Um, I'm right now meeting a lot of people. Uh, with Angela, I'm not sure, right. mainly because she moved back to England. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's hard to work with somebody in the distance. I mean, like something that you need to yeah. practice yeah. and rehearse and stuff like that. It's <laughs> kind of difficult. Um, but yeah, no, I, I would definitely be... I know there is a video coming. I don't want to give away too much because <laughs> until it's not, until it doesn't happen, I don't want to. Uh, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to jinx it. Yeah. But yeah, there are there are some collaborations, some videos, some TikTok videos, some yeah. stuff coming up pretty yeah. soon. Sketches um, in collaboration with other artists, with other comedians. Oh, excellent. Do you have objectives or targets for yourself that you want to? By the end of the year, I want to have done this, or I want to achieve that. Yes, mm-hmm. I I used to do that. <laughs> um, like, but the thing is, like, I got I've got to be straight honest with you. <laughs> uh, in twenty twenty two, I spoke with my with my brothers actually. Yeah. And and they were all worried because, well, I'm over thirty, um, and I don't really have a north. <laughs> I don't really know what's going on in my life. <laughs> And my brothers were like, yeah, you need to start thinking about your future and, you know, pension and other stuff. Mm. Not only, oh, when am I going to perform next? Um, <laughs> so we agreed that uh, I would put, I'd be more forward with my goals. But mm. the last time I put an objective was last year. My target was if I don't get an agent by the end of 2022 with everything I've been doing, mm-hmm. then that's it. That's me in comedy. That's the end of it. But it's 2023 and I'm still writing and performing. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really work for me like that. I mean, I try, but honestly, it's, it's like an addiction. Yeah, I, I'm addicted to the stage. And if, the more I try to say, oh, why am I keep doing this to myself? This is not going anywhere. I just still do it because I love it. Yeah. So yeah. what's been the best moment then so far for you? I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's been so long. There are several moments that mm. I could say this is awesome uh when when i get emails like you've been selected to be part of uh, artist residency or this or that 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 kind of feeling is awesome it feels like i'm doing something right uh best feelings is for instance when i got called to be for a paid gig at a a real comedy club like glee (laughs) for instance when that happened i was yes this is happening um or, or when you get a message from some producer that is doing something in a in a different city, in a different yeah, yeah, and says you've been recommended by whoever. Uh, I heard that you're really good. I want to see your material. Yeah, uh, and you know th- those kind of things makes me feel like okay, I'm doing something right. Yeah, uh, yeah, those are my happy moments. Yeah. How can we find out about you? How can we find out where you're performing? Um, I put everything on my socials. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Instagram, I put my name as uh, Sara Palomer. Mm-hmm. Uh, my normal name. Uh, oh, by the way, my real my real surname is with just one R. It's Palomar. But mm-hmm. because of the English language, <laughs> I put I put a double R so I make sure you pronounce it. <laughs> it doesn't go away. But yeah, no, it on, on, on Instagram and I tend to put everything that I'm doing uh, on Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. Um same thing, Sarah Palomar Comedy. That's that's the page. Uh, I try to respond as fast as I can if there is a, somebody asking me to do something. 
um, I also have Twitter, but I have to admit I only use it for ranting. I don't. I hope that people don't take me seriously when I when I'm talking <laughs> stuff in there because I'm honestly just speaking my mind. It's nothing. It's not serious. Not nothing. I just yeah. But yeah, Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, those are the place I normally put my stuff. Mm-hmm. And finally, how would you, Sarah, sum up comedy in a nutshell? <laughs> Sorry, no. <laughs> I'm like, what can I say that makes me look good? But I don't think that was <laughs> Comedy is the way I enjoy life, the way I decide to enjoy my life. Mm-hmm. It's not, I wish it was a career, but it's, it's, it's what gives me a reason to keep going in life. You know, even, you know, even if it's only doing comedy, I mean, if it, like, for instance, I'm now in business, I'm doing completely different things. Mm. Uh, but what, when you do something with a little bit of sense of humor, life becomes easier. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been delightful talking to you. Thank you. No, thank you. Thank you so much. You are amazing. A very, very lovely person. Thank you so much.